Steve. Oh, my performance anxiety. Gregor. Oh, my God. And Greg. Welcome to Maximum Collective. Hello, and welcome to Collective Management. What? Who just changed that? <laughs> now you're going to use that, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Hello, <laughs> and welcome to Collective Maximum Collective. <laughs> what are we? Episode 13, KC3D for the win. I don't know. Is that's it a, uh, Maximum was, Collective? I think that was our roughest intro yet. Yeah, that was terrible. Somebody changed it. You know, I guys, I have to read. I can't. I can't remember my line, please. <laughs> he, he's definitely a cue card reader. <laughs> he's gonna go. What the hell? Maximum. What did I get myself into? Yeah, Keith's like great. No, he looks pretty chill over there. If there's anything <laughs> that Keith is, he's very chill. You can say hello though, Keith. Oh, I, I did I even not introduce that. See, this is how horrible I'm doing. Okay, so we have an extraordinary guest for you tonight, Keith Williams. I call him the print master. He's done a bunch of custom stuff for me. Um, he's also a great 3D pilot flying out of the Kansas City area. And uh, I believe he just got back from RCHO amongst some other fields from what I hear. So welcome, Keith. Hello. Well, welcome on, man. Thanks for having me. And then as some secondary guests, we've got Greg Big Raw Ringley and Gregor Absolute Canuder McGrath. We're guests now, Gregor. Oh, man. Well, you we've guys did arrive like 15 minutes late. So we've been demoted. To be fair. <laughs> to be fair. I don't know about this. You know, this all goes back to Steve. It does. Last week. Well, do we want to talk? Okay, I can, I can talk about Steve. Um, Steve, Steve who? A sim. I just picked up the new version of Next because I got a new laptop a while back. I've actually been motivated. I've had a horrible, horrible time after 16 years to be motivated to get on the sim. How are you liking uh, that? Because I'm in the market right now. You're looking to get a so sim? So I just have a basic laptop with your basic graphics card. And you know, it's it's game ready or whatever, but it's not like a game card or anything. And uh, honestly, it runs next on like all the medium settings. It looks better than it ever has on like previous boxes. Um, it does have a lot of the newer stuff. Uh, it's got a lot of the new SAB stuff, which I like. They're very visible. Uh, I, everything felt like it flew pretty good out of the box to me. But again, I just kind of played around with it. Uh, I was, I just haven't been, we all get in those doldrums and it's winter time and now it's turning to springtime and we've had Keith, I don't know how it's been over there in KC, but man, the past two weeks prior, well, you've not been in town the past two weeks or so prior has been just, it's gray and mucky here in the Midwest. And it's, it's just kind of gotten to me. So the last couple of days we've had some sunshine it totally changes my attitude. So I hopped on the <laughs> sim. I played with some stuff. I'm liking it. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's would... been nothing but rain here, man. It's been yeah. nasty. And I wouldn't know Wait, what that's is that like. California complaining about the rain? No, I it's it's been raining and been nasty, but I am loving it. <laughs> I think you guys a have lot got, of how much are. snow did you guys get? Oh my gosh. So I we don't get really get any snow where I'm at, but in my hometown, which is about 20 minutes away, uh they've got over three and a half feet of snow, which oh, is oh my lord. Yeah, which is pretty good. And then you go up a little bit higher up into Miguelio, which is like 10 minute drive, and it it go it just keeps getting deeper and deeper. And then um they're kind of they like follow... this episode, huh? Just deeper and deeper. So our our uh, yeah, our lake too that was just so low forever. And then I I'm not sure if you heard about is it. Is that Orville? Or... Yeah, Orville Dam when they had the the spillway started deteriorating when they had the let a bunch of water out and everything. They've, this is the first time that they've used it since. I think it's been, what, about four years now. And, uh, is that the one with the big hole? Yeah, it had a massive It's got the hole. big hole in the middle. Oh, no, no, no. You're that's talking a different about, reservoir. Yeah, that's, yeah that, I believe that's up north in Redding. Redding but, My um, favorite place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say that a lot? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to guess that's a lie. Lie detector. I like, the, I like the people I know up there. How about that? Yes, I like the place I've been, and I like the people I know up there. There's agree, some other people that I don't know that I don't like, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole episode yeah. on that. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be a short episode. Not short a lot. Episode. Not a lot left to talk about. Um, 
Well, see, you I guys have been having Greg's weather. So you guys had snow, rain, and yeah, you don't want to hear about my sunshine, clear skies. No, no, yeah, it's boring. Aren't you just no, saying we'll it was t- raining we'll today? Rain. It's raining today. It turns my no, job nice. site into soupy mud. You know, take the day off. <laughs> yeah, that's the day you get paperwork done. There you go. <laughs> and you got to yell. It's at kind of like taking the day off. Well, you got to yell at the subcontractor make sure they come back tomorrow when it's not raining. So, sorry, too muddy. Yeah. Too I'll muddy. be back next week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Come back next week after I go flying for the weekend. Yeah. So, think... yeah. so Keith, a little bit about you. Uh, how long have you been flying? Uh, well, I started in RC in like 2011, but that was mostly like foam planes and stuff. And I got mm-hmm. into helicopters more in 2013. I started flying micros and then I got really into helicopters probably 2015. Nice. And then once I got a job when I was 16, then I really started. That's when, I went, when that's when it went downhill. You know? Yeah, I had money. Yeah. That's when the addiction more you don't. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you fly? Helicopters. Um, well, man, like what brands? What do you like? What's kind of like you go out and play with on the weekend? What's the one you grab and want to take with you most? Or? You do micro still, don't you? Aren't you flying the smaller stuff? Yeah, I'm on the OMP hobby team. Um, so I fly the M1 and the M2, uh, and then I'll be getting an M4 here pretty soon. Um, now, is that a, like a 380 size? Yeah, yeah, it's a 380. Nice. I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other helicopters, um, 800, two 700s, 550, 580, 380, and 360. So nice. I have so too many. Nice range. I don't think there's such yeah. a thing in helicopters. The word too many didn't work, right? Yeah, at least six different brands. It only gets worse before you know it, you'll be Ken. Yeah. You'll have 900 helicopters. I just it, got a, a buddy of mine good reached, looking. Yeah. <laughs> a buddy of mine reached out to me uh, a while back. He was he's a local dentist and um, super nice guy. And it was so funny when I was I ran into him at my work and it was I hadn't really come back into the hobby yet but i was really itching to and i was playing around with drones a little bit mostly because the guys at work were into them and this dennis come walking in and a friend of mine he used to build all these little micro he was like the first person i ever saw with like brushless conversions for like the mcpx when they came out and uh anyway he he ended up walking in we chatted he didn't know i was working there it was just nice to see him I ended up, he ended up giving me a, a Goblin 630, which got me really pumped about getting back into the hobby. It was brand new. He hadn't even finished it. Well, lo and behold, then we'll fast forward a bunch of years, um, ran into him not too long ago and he, he, uh, gave me an M2. So I'm pretty excited. It was a little bit busted up. He had only flown it once and then t- like piled it in hard. And then, uh, some buddies of mine at the field are like, oh man, we just upgraded. So I got a bunch of parts for you. So, uh, yeah, basically got everything. I just need to pick up a remote and then, uh, I'll be uh, getting that M2 going, but yeah, it looks pretty cool, man. I'm excited. I'm not really a, I used to love micros, but, uh, and now I keep telling myself, I'm not really a small helicopter fan, but I've been like loving my little raw 420 and now I'm really pumped about the M2. So I think I'm for whatever reason, starting to get <laughs> more into the little helicopters again, but yeah. Looks like a neat little bird. So I, I kind of follow you on Facebook a little bit, Keith, as I see the different things you uh, are doing on your uh, KC3D LLC webpage and so forth. And I did I hear you or see you recently or within maybe the last six months comment that you're thinking about venturing into making your own fly barless? Well, I started to and realized that I don't really have enough experience for that. Um, it was for, I designed it for rotor flight, which is the open source firmware based on beta flight, which is a quad firmware. Okay. Uh, so rotor flight is a fork of that, um, made for helicopters. And I started designing one and then like all the design that I've done electric wise is just self-taught stuff. And I realized that going from a simple, you know, charging board like I did for the M1 to an entire flight controller is kind of a different animal. And I mean, the design is done. It's mostly just 
money at this point because getting stuff made is really expensive and low volume. I'm sure Gregor knows all about that. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's just, I might do it eventually, but I'm not like in a hurry or anything like that. Uh, so that still impressed me because I was thinking, damn, that's not easy. You know? Yeah. I mean, and- it might work. That's the other thing is like, I don't know if it'll even work. Oh, Greg, I'll try it. I've never designed anything for the STM32, which is the, you know, brain of the circuit. Right. And so all the technical parts of getting one of those running in the first place, I don't know if I did it right. And the only way to know is to try it. And uh, I'm just, yeah, I haven't done that yet. Well, that's cool. (laughs) And I see you oftentimes, haven't you taken a... Contronic speed controllers apart and found the broken part on that circuit board and replace it? Uh, well, I did that recently because I know uh, you had asked me about that. And yeah, I blew up a Cosmic uh, at RCHO. We got two, two or four of us have blown up Cosmics in this room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I blew that up at RCHO and I had another one that a friend of mine sent me just as like a, hey, you can have this. If you can fix it, great. If not, great. Um, and I kept it around because I wasn't able to fix it, but I kept it. And it came in handy because a couple months later, I blew my own up. And I was able to fix it using that other broken Cosmic. So saved myself a few hundred dollars there. Nice. Yeah, because the one I blew up, I blew up at uh, doing some speed runs for a demo. And um, it smoked. I, I don't know how to say it, but it smoked the high-voltage circuit. Because I can plug that's, a 7S yeah, battery in it. That's what I did. Okay. So the 7S battery works. I get power. I get everything. And I can even spool up. But when I plug a 14S uh-huh. in, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Mine didn't do that. So mine, I blew a MOSFET. Um, and so all the BEC, all the brain of it worked. But it was just doing a blinking code saying there was an error with the MOSFET. Right. So I took the the high voltage board, the one with all the FETs and the battery connectors and all that on it. I took that board out of the one that a friend of mine gave me, put it into mine. And I just had to replace a blown fuse, uh, part of the protection circuitry. So it wasn't actually that involved of a repair. It's the diagnostic and figure out what the heck's going on. It's the time consuming part. That's still pretty impressive. I just fly castle that way when it's done, it's just a pile (laughs) of smoke. There's nothing left. There's nothing to repair. <laughs> it lets the magic smoke out and it's done, right? A lot of smoke, yeah. Mm. Actually, I think everything here is hobbying. You know, I have so many fond memories of flying Castle and Four Castle. And and then I, I remember they had just made some major changes and they're, I, they were releasing, I can't remember if it was the 160 or 200 or whatever it was at the time. And man, it was like, we were at Urcha and it was like, and this was when Urcha was happening. I mean, big time. And there's like, like there's like, <laughs> there like poof, smoke over here, poof, smoke over here. I mean, there was like people, including the team, right? Because I was on Team Castle and we were walking up to Castle. I mean, they were dedicated. I tell you what, they came prepared. They were dedicated. They were, they were handing those things out like candy to people for replacements. And you know, you'd get some that would work phenomenal, and then there were others not so much, but they were dedicated. But I have very fond memories, and it was great. They were one of the companies you could contact them, talk to them, and work through stuff, and they would make changes. But I don't I don't know I what happened. Clint and Steve. Oh yeah. Clint Stone, Steve, awesome people, man. Good good times. Very cool. So Keith, do you fly nitro or are you all electric guy? Yeah, I fly nitro. I've got a. Uh... A raw 580 nitro, which I got at Urcha last year, and I've been loving that. Um, never really been much of an SAB guy, but I think flies great. Um, and then I have that custom Nimbus that I've been working on, which is nitro. Uh, I haven't. I've kind of avoided the 90 nitros because they're they burn so much more fuel. I might get one at some point. But right now, for the last couple of years, it's been 50 size pretty much only. All right. Especially with the size of the tank on the 580. I only fly for like five minutes, and it's still got a third of a tank left, so it burns even less fuel that way. 
Oh, yeah. So I get 15 <clears throat> flights a gallon at least versus five or six. Nice. That's awesome. I think some of the people out here that maybe haven't seen your Nitro Nimbus video, um, and well, I'll have a link in the the chat, but uh, can you describe it a little bit and what made you go out and do a do a Nitro? I mean, you sound like you like taking on projects. So, I mean, what, what was the motivation there? And what did you think about building your own Nitro like that? What What hurdles did you run into? So the biggest reason I did it was because a year prior, I had built myself a XL Power 550 Nitro, the original XL 550, and it worked really well. Um, but the helicopter design kind of made it horrible to work on. So I only built one, and it's still flying to this day. Uh, Chris Nutt at XL Power has it, and he's been flying it the whole time, and he loves it. And so oh, when, wow. the Nim- when the Nimbus came out, I didn't really want to use, because on the XL550, I used a lot of SAB parts, which made it cheaper, but because I was on the XL Power team at the time, I wanted to make it so that, for the most part, it was either XL Power or me, instead of a whole bunch of SAB parts. And so when I did the Nimbus, when that came out, as far as the things that made the other one hard to work on, it solved all of those problems. And so I asked Roth if I could have the CAD just to make my job easier. And he sent it to me. So I start, I got work on it. I think I started maybe May of last year, a little bit later, maybe. Um, the thing is though, it's because I wanted to use my own parts. There was a lot more design involved. The whole clutch stack is all my own, except for the clutch itself, which is still SAB. Um, so getting one-off parts made and that whole process, I screwed up the first batch, so I wasted like three or four hundred dollars. It's not a screw parts, up; it's a on learning parts experience. That didn't work. Uh, it was just, no, it was just a dimensional. I screwed up one of the dimensions. Um, learning so experience, wasted... right, Gregor? What's that? Learning experience, right? Yes. Absolutely. Anytime you machine and trying to figure that stuff out. <laughs> yes, I learned how to waste four hundred dollars. So. But <laughs> I, I finally got um, a flying helicopter now. I've flown it a few times. I'm having some issues, which I think are the helicopter side of things. Um, and I just need to buy, uh, I think, a, a new set of head dampers to fix that. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty close to being ready to actually start making them uh, to actually sell to people. So Is that the little woe in oh, your that's video awesome. there? As you were talking way. about when you were coming, taking off or landing? Yeah, we're having yeah. a little bit of shimmy. The, the, the oh, it's it's not a little bit. It's bad, but I think because <laughs> I had I had an electric Nimbus too, um, and it did pretty similar to the same thing, uh, and I ended up taking the hard dampeners out and putting the O-ring ones in, and that fixed it. And I'm pretty sure that's what's in the nitro now. So I think if I just go back to the regular dampeners, it should be fine. Now as far I know. As the, the conversion itself, I think, is okay. So I just need to figure out the wobbles. I know Mr. Ringley here, Big Raw, has a take on that, but I don't want to dive too far off. He adjusts his fly bar, set, fly bar settings, don't you? You have like a mode four. Well, just because my uh, when I do auto rotations, I always have um, a lot of people have with a more rigid head. They'll get into uh, low head speed wobbles, and it starts to get pretty violent. So one of the things yeah. that I've done is I just run a low head gain. That way I can ring the head speed all the way out on an auto and not have to worry about it getting into those, you know, where it basically tries to tear itself apart and launch itself into the ground. Yeah, and that that was the first thing I tried um, when I was at RCHO. I flew it, and I brought my head gain down almost all the way, and it was still doing it. So, so it's still, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's the dampening that's the problem. Yeah. And well, that's we're what anxious we to see it. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're you active fly. on yeah, Facebook, so, cool. so people can yeah. people can keep track of that, which is awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. I think that's going to be a, a popular conversion, too. I mean, let's just face it, with helicopters and how exotic the designs are from the factory, that doesn't give us a whole lot of ability, per se, to go out and buy upgrades anymore, you know? And, yeah. You know, when we were young into this, you could really, you could go out and buy all kinds of different upgrades to really do you know make it 
your own, you know? So I think, I think there's a lot of us that miss that, including myself. So I think that's, that's badass. <laughs> to oh, it's neat to you're offering those type kind of... of an upgrade, you know? Yeah. And yeah. if you're offering, offering things like that, it gives people the chance, like to Gregor said, make your helicopter your own. Um, yeah. Yeah. We talked about that. What our, was yeah. one of our last shows? We talked about all the different um, innovation that the individual hobbyists bring to the market, you know? So mm-hmm. pretty cool stuff. And we're cruising through your website. You've got a lot of neat little things on here, you know? Oh man. Yeah. Just another person I got to start <laughs> spending money with. You know, Dan, I've already I got know, a couple right? parts from him. I've got one of his charge case. He customized it for me, and it's fantastic. I haven't put any finished pictures. <laughs> I don't have fans in it yet, but uh, it's fantastic. And I he, love he those split it to my stuff and flat. Yeah, I love those split flat antenna mounts that you got there. I actually, it was it was funny because I was working on my raw HD, and I was going nuts, and it was just before Ken's event, and I'm like, man, the antenna is so well rewind a little bit the antennas that i had i broke one of my antennas ken marshall had a set there were the short ones so i threw them on there and it got me you know feeling more confident so anyway now we'll fast forward back i go and build build my raw hd and the antennas are too short so they don't come up and i'm like what am i going to do so i jumped on keith's website and then i was like shit there's no way i'm going to get them here in two days <laughs> so i was like i don't even it, it might have even been the day before so i kind of drew up something similar real quick and printed them and 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 made it work and i was like oh thank god i was able to steal his innovation for a minute (laughs) my my apologies keith i was gonna buy them but there was no way i could get them here in time expect a bill in your email after the end of the show you got it you you got it my lawyer will be calling you oh that's (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i saw those i'm like man that's genius it's exactly what i need so Nice. That worked out really well. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the friend of mine, Lee Taylor, is flying a raw HD. He picked up that kit from you. You know, so yeah. he's excited about it. He's loving that. He's, you know, I think we're all flying. What, what, we all got HDs, don't you? You got one. I got one. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. It's, nope. Yeah, I like my steak medium well, and I don't fly a raw HD. Sorry <laughs> to disappoint everybody out there, but you like your steak medium yeah. well. Medium well. Do you put A1 steak sauce That's... on it too? Depends. Oh. When it's medium well, you have to, huh? I I eat it however I like it. I don't care what anybody else says. Doesn't I bother bet you me put ketchup a little on bit. It. Ketchup. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh nice oh, cool. well i mean that's funny you know at least I, I know how to make a fire though so uh, well no i lie i use a smoker <laughs> real men use smokers danny oh that's he, right he's gonna shots slap fired. Shots, shots fired shots fired shots fired rounds coming in oh lord <laughs> you mentioned rcho what made you drive out there what was that about a God, it's a thousand miles out there for me, and I'm in St. Louis, so it, it had to be 12, 1300 miles for you. One uh, way. Google says 1100. Okay. So it's oh. about 16 and a half hours according to the maps, but you know how it works out. Um, I split the drive in half, so I drive partially there, sleep at a hotel, and finish it um, because nice. I can't drive for 17 hours straight. Um, but Ken Marshall can. Well, <laughs> the guy's <animal>. a nut. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> if I had somebody to drive with, I would. You know, split. You know, switch it off. But yeah, I've tried. Oh, man, it's so I, hard I to it, drive by yourself. I made it. I made it about twelve hours on the way there, and I was like, it was about two in the morning. And I was. I just pulled over to the to a random shop on the side of the road and slept in my car. Um, yeah, that's a lot drove, to drive. Drove another four hours, woke up at six, drove another four hours. Got to RCHO about 11 o'clock in the morning. Nice. Yeah, we, um, we're talking about Urcha this year going, and I don't think we're going to drive. The last three or four years, or three years in a row, we've drove, and we drive straight through, so it's a 28-hour straight-through drive. Oh, Lord. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> Pass. So Donnie Pesci, myself, and Mike Weatherly, we've been making that trip, and and I tell you, it's it's hard on you. <laughs> you need the week at Urchin to recover from it. Then you turn on do it coming home, you know. So now nah, this year we're gonna fly. 
Double yeah, Urch is only Urch is only about nine hours for me. I can do that any day. Oh yeah, very cool. That's cool. So what? Looks are like you had a good time out there though at RCHO with all the videos you posted and everything else. How does the East Coast Fun Fly differ from, say, some of the Midwest stuff we do? Um, it's a lot more chaotic. I like <laughs> that's that word. the right word. Chaotic. I think I think it is. <laughs> um, depending on who you are, you may or may not like it. I love it, but um, it's not for everybody. But it is a really good time. And a lot of flying, a lot of crashing. Uh, I mean, the RCHO motto is where helis come to die. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fun there, though. Um, build a fire, fly over it. Build a bigger fire, fly <laughs> over that. Yeah, Set don't... a couch on fire, fly over that. Oh, so don't leave your couch nearby. <laughs> yeah, hey, Gregor, exactly. Gregor, I was thinking of going to RCHO next year. Could I borrow a helicopter? Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got an old Pantera 50, and I've been talking for years about using it for some sort of explosive event, you know, we, uh, long time ago, we were up in, uh, was it up in Nevada? I forget what area, but it was a really cool runway. It was on an old Indian reservation. And, uh, I remember it was Tim Jones, uh, his buddy, John and myself and just a bunch of us. And, and, uh, everybody brought, brought guns and, it was so funny because John, his buddy John, brought a load of Tannerite exploding targets, and we stuck we stuck a uh, a, a big ball of Tannerite to this 450 sacrificial helicopter, and they had me flying this thing around, and nobody could hit it, man. And just as we were getting ready to give up, you know, John comes out, and he's got this big. I find out later it's some sort of elephant gun, wow. and he, he's. He lays down and I see him laying there and everybody else is like, oh, I'm out of ammo, you know, or whatever. And and so everybody's turning around, kind of talking, and then boom, he shot this thing. I mean, there was nothing. We found like a little piece of skids, and that was it. But oh, Lord. man, alive. It was just some of the craziness that uh that went on at that event, man. It was unforgettable. <laughs> it was what just like, do you use? all of it. My buddy. <laughs> <laughs> all of it yeah my buddy steve enough like, and this was this was like my first experience around like like i, I had never even shot a gun before at the, really? before this right yeah and so and so i show up and like my buddy steve's like oh man check out this uh this is pistol this is this is what i call my hallway pistol and then he pulls out another and this is my uh if i'm in bed pistol and then i got this one and this is my living room pistol oh and this one here it's my shower pistol and next thing you know he's got this dude he's got this pile of fucking guns excuse my language this pile of guns sitting on the hood of his truck and i'm just like going oh my god this is insane you know and and that was just from one guy you know <laughs> that's so, just yeah, a family was... event here in the midwest so yeah <laughs> that's wild <laughs> Oh, yeah, goodness. I had never experienced anything like that. <laughs> yeah. So. But I will say, though, uh, sorry, about RCHO, um, as chaotic, I like that word, so I'm going to keep using it, as it is, um, the guys there are some of the most hospitable, welcoming people I've ever met. And um, you, when you go there, they immediately treat you like a you're a native to the field, and they've known you for years, and the way they helped me because I don't have a car that can tow an RV. So Jay, who's like, you know, one of the main people at RCHO, um, he just used his truck, his work truck actually, and, and went to pick up an RV that I had rented, you know, just, oh, wow. I mean, there's such, there's such nice people over there. And even if you don't yeah. care for the, the helicopters, even if you just like a lot of people's, you know, family come and their wives and girlfriends and whatnot, it's just like any other helicopter event, but, that's it's it's really nice over there so that's yeah. awesome that is awesome so i was having a conversation on flying field this weekend with somebody talking about the health of the industry and i want to throw this out to you guys you know we talk about all the innovation that people like keith are doing gregor yourself as far as the products you're making but is it me or am i just not am i seeing something different but look at all the new things that have come out in the last year We've got new fly barless systems. We've got 
Spirit putting out a brand new transmitter. We've got V-Control showing up with the Evo system, their flight trainer system. You've got um, OMP and Goose Sky and all these guys coming out with a it seems like we've, we're getting flooded with a lot of new products. Um, Contronic releasing a new motor, right? A different type of motor they're putting out now. They're new. The one, I forget what the name of it was. You've got all these different models coming out. It feels like there's a lot of reinvesting going on in this hobby, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I would agree. Sure. I think people, it's, it's weird because I don't really see it, the hobby growing per se, but I see people spending a lot of money on stuff. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean to make that sound weird, but I feel like people are like when something comes out, like there, there's a lot of innovation and I think people are buying. That's what I'm trying to say, but I don't see the hobby like growing crazy, you know, like, like before, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's amazing to see all this happening. You know, I mean, they gotta be making some money to be spending the money to make the products. Right. You know? Yeah, that's what we're talking. Good. Could be a labor of love too. I mean, much yeah. like Keith sitting there building the fly barless. I mean, I sit there and scratch my head. I'm like, why? There's already a bunch of fly barlesses <laughs> out there, but I mean, I guess it makes sense if that's something you want. Same thing for the nitro conversions. And actually, that's some really like much like the last episode we were talking about different kits and different conversions, and you know, like the Quinn machine. Uh, I forgot what they call it, but I mean, that's some awesome, awesome stuff. Yeah, the, yeah, that, yeah, that's a Quinn, that thing's awesome. Have you seen the animal fly it? I don't think so. Alex Rose, dude. I know he, he loves it. He is full <laughs> tilt. You would think you wouldn't think this because I say boutique, but I don't mean that in a negative way. Here's a one-off helicopter. You got to call the dude and talk him into making you some parts for the thing. <laughs> and uh, and it it takes him time to make them, right? He doesn't have. I assume mm-hmm. he had done that. I don't even know if he. I assume he's still flying. Um, but he just. He flies the piss out of that thing. Just at, he only brings it out every once in a while, but when he does, full sin, huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember last time I seen him fly, it was in Turlock, and uh, oh no, forgive me, we're in. Uh, it's a buzz on the border, and ugh, the guy just fly, he, yeah, he flies it like he's got a hundred of them. It's insane. Nice. I think a lot of what we're seeing is because um, a lot of the brands that you see, the really big brands, most of them, especially the ones that have been around for a while and still are, a lot of them have branched off into manufacturing of other stuff because uh, like Scorpion, true. they do CNC for like other companies. XL Power started off just helicopters, but now they're doing CNC like it's a business. Um a lot of the electronics companies, the RC is just a small division of what they do. And I think yeah. the, the labor of love that you mentioned comes in where the owner or somebody high up in the company says, I don't care if we hardly make anything or even lose money occasionally. I want this. Let's do it. I think that's a yeah. lot of it. We're so lucky. Because, that kind because, of this, because this business, this hobby is not, you don't make money here hardly at all. No, I um, know. So you pretty much have to do something else or you just have to have a lot of money. You don't really care all that much about <laughs> Well, yeah, whether, you're, whether, whether you're a member or a manufacturer in this hobby, it's the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the yeah, nice thing is, is we benefit from that then. So that's all the more right. reason to um, help them out every way, we, every chance we get, because they're the ones keeping the hobby working by keeping products out there for us to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That yeah, we were just fact. we were just talking about all the servos you're seeing coming out and all the different advances. You know, pretty exciting opportunity, I think. You know, I mean, I've been flying four and a half years, so I missed all the heydays. You know, people talking about 1,500 people at a at a urchin, uh, all the manufacturers. So I missed all those things. I never saw it. So it's kind of neat. It, it felt like it was stagnant for a while, and this feels like growth. But you know. That's how I felt. I feel like it kind of died down a lot over the last couple of years or the previous last couple of years. And then right. the last couple mm-hmm. of years, it started kind of coming up a little bit, not anywhere near to where yeah. it was. Right. But I do feel like we're yeah. on top again. Good. Definitely. You know, it, it was, what's kind of cool about the size that it is too now is that it's not so intimidating and overwhelming. You know what I mean? You go to mm-hmm. these, 
so, some of these events and they just you you i feel like you know the bonds that you build i mean there was bonds back then but it's just an opportunity to saturate yourself with so many more people you know than it just feels like even with more people it was like there was all these little segregations you know and yeah it's, it's weird because i guarantee if you were to come out here you it, it, because you know i think with social media and you know things like that you, you, you like if you were to come over to the west coast guarantee we'd be hanging out like we knew you our whole life you know what i mean and and mm -hmm. i think that's so cool you know i think that's Same one with, thing that this hobby has that nobody nothing else that i've been involved in has yeah right? like yeah, i've tried so many hobbies so many hobbies and yep. nothing comes close to the way the helicopter community like there are clicks and there are arguments and all that that's going to happen no matter what but the yeah, community yeah. and companionship that we have I've never felt it anywhere else. Right. It's unbelievable, man. Some of the, my favorite people in the whole wide world, some of my best friends are from this hobby. Well, thank you, you know, Gregor. And it's just, it's just crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. You meet people like Steve and Greg and Keith and it doesn't matter. You know, it, it, it it's, it's just crazy. The love that you get, you know, you show up to an event and it's not, how you doing? Shake hand. It's, it's, uh, you know, somebody big gives hug. you a big hug and then yeah. and then squeezes your butt or some shit. You know, <laughs> so, oh man. So on that exact note, uh, you guys were just talking about where's the the hobby at and the fact that it doesn't feel like it's getting any bigger. But I mean, Turlock is bringing their give them a plug right now. What is it? May I just had it up? May twenty sixth and something else, or May eighteenth through the twenty first uh, this year, and. Uh, I mean, they brought it back and there's a bunch of people super excited about it. Yeah. So, and I'm looking at the Dwayne's uh, RC Heli event Facebook page. And I mean, there is March, April. There's, I see four in May. I see three in June, three in July, uh, four in August, you know, three in September, two in October. They're just on and on and on. Then of it course, November. There's, is there one in Texas? Yeah, that, actually, I think that that might have already happened. I don't see it on his list. Um, give me the name of that one too. I cannot think of it off the top of my head. Yeah, I know. Um, we're planning. We're set now. We're now yeah. trying to plan oh, out man. our trip to um, Urcha, and I still want to get to another East Coast one, like a nor more of a northeastern, like a Virginia or one of those. Uh, I forget. Heli Extravaganza, is that the one that's up there? The Heli Extravaganza is uh, at Joe Nall. Well, it's not Joe Nall. It's Triple at Triple Tree. Uh, Triple Tree. Triple Tree. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful. You have to go. That's what I want to do. Uh, you have tree. to go. It's beautiful. I want to do the Triple Texas Tree. The Texas one year. is Apache Pass. Okay, Heli's over Apache Pass. Yeah. And that's May 25th and 28th. I don't think that's in there for some reason. Yeah. I think but. you're thinking of Abilene when you're talking about Texas, Abilene, Texas. I can't remember what what it was called but yeah is that near doug darby's place or he's well in that area i mean in texas right everything's close in texas just That's a little right. state it's just a little state you only fit five other states <laughs> in the middle of it oh very cool right all right so i got a new project we're gonna mix our own nitro fuel and see if we can blow each other up should we call you Mini Scott? Yeah, I talked to Scott to help find out how we're going to mix it. So we were got our. Uh, Did he laugh? No, it, in, it, as, at the price of nitro, you know, like Keith was saying earlier, price of nitro is getting pretty expensive. So we're it's getting harder and harder to get it. Everyone wants to charge an arm and leg just to ship it to you, unless you're willing to drive a long way and go pick some up. So we're gonna mix up a gallon and see if we can get it right. And if we, when our local source dries up. And we get to that fifty-five dollar a gallon stuff. We're gonna try mixing our own. Nice, that's awesome. That's about what I, I know. Uh, Justin Kaufman was talking about it too, putting some nitro together. Yeah, and that's why I like that raw super G, because I just go down to Exxon, <laughs> fill her up. <laughs> so man, I it's it's crazy. I I you know, I know a lot of people are flying gassers, but I mean. Are you guys breaking things? Like, are things vibrating and breaking? 
you know, I'm not trying to dog it, but that was the one thing, man. Every, everybody I knew that flew gassers back in the day, of course, the engines have come so far, you know, compared to what they, what they are now, but man, they used to just rattle things apart all the time, you know, and I don't know. I think that's the only thing. One of the only things keeping me. I got one though bad. (laughs) I want to say I got 70 flights on my last gasser kit and it ran great. See, that's awesome. I stripped it down and put it, put it on a super G, you know, and my first flight of the super G I landed it was doing a quick video. And I noticed my tail server was hanging on with two bolts. And I realized it wasn't (laughs) the helicopter's fault. It was, you know, oh, that that happens with nitro too. <laughs> yeah, the what was that? What did I say? The night, the night before Maiden went all through his head. He wondered if he did Loctite. Was it blue or was it red? Well, it was neither one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? I left nice. a little Loctite out on that one. That was your fault. That was. That your was fault. I can't okay. blame that on the kid. I can't blame on the vibrating gas motor. All I know is it just showed me what was. It says, "Hey, this is loose. I'll show you because I'll eject two bolts and leave two left for you." The yeah, worst is when those hit the blades in flight and you're Pa-ting! And you're like, yeah. do I keep flying? Do I land? Well, at least on a servo. I still have a I still have an SAB blade with a bolt embedded in it. Oh gosh. And that was a yeah, that's pretty cool. I've had it for like probably like ten years. Yeah, that was a my lesson for putting a throttle return spring on was when my Galleon X seven ejected the um, governor, I ran that blue governor that they always have. I forget what it was. Multigov? Multigov, yeah. Yeah. It launched through the blades, stripped all the servo wires off, and I literally had my servo stuck at about like 50% throttle, and I had to hover that thing out until it ran out of fuel. <laughs> that was exciting. So Jeez. anymore, I try and start putting throttle return springs on things. How did that bracket work out, I sent you? You lost it, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> look, see the look on Greg's face right now. He's, I was like, he's, oh, he's like, like, a, like a deer in the headlights. It's like, like a deer in the headlights. I, I said, Steve, this is the only one in existence other than the other ones I have here. And we'll send to Greg, <laughs> and he lost it. No, I went looking for it to put it on. I couldn't find it. I was like, I felt I was too embarrassed to say, "Hey, I, I was too embarrassed to say, hey, Gregor, that thing you sent me, I lost it already.' Sorry, you know. <laughs> I've been building nitro uh, we'll for two months, and I've I've bugged both you guys like umpteen times. So the push pull system with a fly coming. bar, and uh, I like Greg's attacher thing on it. You know. One half the people tell you to put a dial caliper on it and make sure it's all perfect. And then Greg's like, no, nah, you just bolt that thing up and fly it. <laughs> I, got, yep. I got two head shakes here. So Keith Keith agrees with the bolt it up and fly it. Gregor, where, where do you fall in that category? Are you a, are you a make it perfect or? I'm, I'm OCD and a good eyeball is good enough for me though. <laughs> See, so three for three. So, yeah. There you go. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I don't even own a pitch gauge. Yeah, Yeah, right. Hey, (laughs) uh, we've had this conversation. (laughs) I throw one on to get it in the ballpark, and then I just fly it until I get it where I like it, you know? See? There you go. (laughs) You know? Oh, Lord, that's just, I like that. That's a good approach. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, people are, people like to ask me, like, how much pitch do you run on that after I finish flying or whatever? I'm just like, I have no idea. Enough. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just yeah. fly it. If it feels like Whatever. too much, I reduce it a little bit. Not enough, I go a little Whatever. higher. That's it. If it's nitro, I start off at 15 degrees. Because <laughs> I've been told by an expert <laughs> that all nitros require 15 degrees of pitch. All 15. Nope. That's negative. <laughs> That's a negative goal. No, rider. it's positive negative. Yeah. Uh-huh. I run plus and minus 15 <laughs> degrees of pitch. And then I use all of it on the nitro. All of it. There you go. Full oh, elevator, man. full cyclic. <sighs> yeah, it gets amazing. deep in here. So, what else? What else do you want to talk about? What are your? Do we want to expand on Keith and some of the projects? He's got his charging cases and all that kind of different stuff. I'm curious. You know, we were talking about contributing to the hobby, and you don't care. You come across to me as a person that you'd like to make your money back, but it's not the ultimate goal. It's not why you run uh kc3d you do it 
because you seem to enjoy it and you seem to enjoy putting those things out. Like I said, my charging case is great, but I'm, I'm curious when you come up with an idea like a charging case, you know, like ISCT just came out with some new chargers and maybe you're considering something. So how long does that take? You know, when people complain, they want, oh, it's $60 for these 3D printed parts. I could do it myself. You've got to design it. You've got to test it. You've got to run some kits on it. I mean, how much time does that kind of stuff take? Um, a while. <laughs> so pretty much every case that I sell currently, I built for myself first. Like, I think my first one was that little tiny one, the 400 watt uh, with two Q6 nanos. I think uh -huh. that was the first one that I built for myself. Um, actually, no, that was the second one. The first one, Mike DiPaolo, he designed the dual Q8 in the little Nanook 909, the thousand watt and something that's like a foot wide. Um, the mini beast? Yeah, that's what that one is. Yeah. Um, and I wanted one. So he sent me the design for that one. So the one you see uh, on the website right now is his design. Um, and he just said, yeah, you can turn it on, I don't care. The, every other one I designed for myself first, just out of curiosity, hey, can I do this thing? And then I posted about it. It was like, hey, this is my new case. And then people were like, I want one. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll sell it. Uh, the biggest one that I make is the 2,000-watt uh, dual P20. And that one was one that I built for myself because I wanted four channels. But I had the uh, HP power supplies in it and i don't really trust those i've had quite a few of them fail so i didn't want to sell them with those in it and because they cost so much to build the only way i was going to sell them was if somebody wanted to try it and so the ones that i sell now use the mean wells which are like four or five hundred dollars but I didn't know if it would fit because I couldn't afford to just buy a power supply just to find out if it would fit. Um, so he, the first one that bought one uh, was before I actually officially started selling them. And I was like, hey, this might work. It might not. And he's like, go for it. And it worked out. So now I sell those. Um, but it takes most of them. I'll buy everything that I think I'll need. And the design process if I get lucky and do it right the first time, because I do everything in CAD first and I'll design everything. I have models of the chargers, models of the power supplies, models of the case itself. You can download directly from the manufacturer's website. Um, so I make sure that it'll work, but it doesn't always work out. Might be a little change that I have to do, but the whole process. I mean, we're talking a couple of weeks and multiple least, hours per yeah, day. I and mean, the printing by itself will be at least a day, if not two. Uh, for all the parts. So it, it takes a while. You know, so I built that case and I have a, what is it, an Air 8 and I have a Q8 in there. So th those are the same chassis size, right? Yeah. Because um, I already had one of the Q8s and I, I like it and I use it. And I've been using it on some, are they 1200s? The HPs, the smaller HPs are like an inch tall and they're like two and a half inches wide. And I've got them stacked for 24 volts downstairs, but I don't use them in the charging case. Well, the ironic thing is, like, their touchscreen is super sensitive. So you were talking about, like, Meanwell, and uh, I'm a cheap bastard. I don't know what to tell you, but I don't spend money on the Meanwells. But I can see why you would, because with the HP power supplies in series, and they work on everything. Every other charger works on them, but here the, the screen is super touchy. I actually had to send one back to the manufacturer because I thought it was defective. And now I'm thinking it wasn't defective. I'm thinking it was the screen and the power supply. Just I ironic do think, for those of you out there that I, I just came across this and <clears throat> I thought it was, the, I thought it was the air eight. So I do think it is actually, cause I have read a lot of reviews when they first came out on the air eights that the touchscreen or the touch button things didn't work very well. Both of them, two of them did it for me. Yeah. So there was a common and, factor. So then, you know, I'm a DC guy. We had that conversation. So I do yeah. solar, all my stuff is uh, I'm all uh, prismatic batteries and everything else. And so I have a solid DC thing. I laugh at everybody with these AC power supplies converting to DC and whatever. That's fine. If that was work for you, great. It doesn't work for me. Um, and 
the thing works flawlessly off the DC power supply, whether it be a 12 volt source or whether it's a 24 volt source. I have both the campers 12 and the, the uh, truck is actually 24 and uh, they both work fine. It works a hundred percent of the time. I've never had a lick of problem out of it. You know, those HP power supplies and the power supplies are five or six years old. I only use them when I pre-charge before I leave the house. So I just thought that was kind of odd. I didn't know if some of the charging cases you run across that. I've kind of been yeah. meaning to bring it up. I, I wonder if anybody else ran into anything. Yeah, I did. That, that's definitely one thing that I, like I said, I've seen about the air ace and I think they eventually fixed it because whenever I build a case, I always update the chargers to whatever the latest is and fingers crossed. I've probably sold three or four cases with those in them and I haven't, had anybody complain so i think they did eventually fix it but um, i don't think you're crazy in thinking that there's something not about that anyway right Let, let's clarify right. that yeah. in that specific <laughs> in this little small sliver of an instance here <clears throat> i did all the latest firmware i did all that kind of stuff i i re i had i downgraded the firmware i re-upgraded the firmware just to make sure it took and everything else yeah and, i can go repeat it right now walk down to my power supplies and i assume it has something to do with their I have no idea the cycle rate. I know they're supposed to be 60 hertz, but if one of them's off and it's getting some kind of weird flicker and I'm not an electrician. Yeah, so works on all the other power supplies. Anyway, that was just that was just interesting. And I wonder if it's not some of these cheaper power supply setups that cost some of these ISTTH because I've had really good luck. I mean, minus that one that caught on fire and <laughs> had four foot flames sitting downstairs going off the rafters. That's a different My, story. Minus that one. Not including that one. It was an original Q6, like wasn't that the first one, like a Q6, the little guy? And uh, uh, God, it had been a charger box. Literally, I threw it in the toolbox. I plugged wires in and out of it. It was six years old. And it had been thrown around and dropped and kicked and everything else. And I can't fault the thing. Yeah. That's why you monitor your batteries and your charging while charging. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> no, that's cool. So your projects are really cool and the labor of love. And we'd like to talk about that. Your website looks great. Yeah, that was, that was a dig, Gregor. Wasn't that Stan? Yes, it was. I would uh, never jab at anybody on this podcast <laughs> and how great they're with. Somebody else here also has a terrific website. They just haven't published it yet. I'll let you, out of this group of the four, I'll let you pick that one. Somebody spent a little bit of time with them trying to get it running. Absolutely. Just, I'm trying to positively encourage him. Boom. Are you trying to absolutely <laughs> encourage him? Absolutely try to encourage him. Uh, Encouragement. Strangle you. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that's funny. do we have any other like new product announcement news coming out? Well, the spirit, well, I don't know about Keith. The spirit radio really interests me. We actually had a couple of requests that we had more than one request to go over fly barless units, which I thought was kind of Funny, uh, because that is such a finicky topic. Like you, Greg, you love you love your V bar. You're a total fanboy. Okay, um, like B O I. You're a fanboy through and through. No, 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 don't. Be and that. Uh, I've used all sorts of stuff. I'm a big, I'm a Jetty fanboy. I love that damn radio. Um, but you, uh, Keith, you fly FR Sky, right, or fry, Free Sky? Is that with it? Yeah, Free Sky. Yeah. Um, that's my radio. Um, I've been flying Brain 2 since 2016, I think, when I got my first one, right after they came out. And I I've was promised when I went V-Bar, I could fly better than Keith Williams. And I have V-Bar and Brain, and it doesn't make a damn lick of difference. <laughs> I still look like a goober out there. Can you even hover? I, <laughs> I did recently venture, though, um, I, I stepped out of my comfort zone. I got a Spirit GT. I just picked one of them up. I've been actually liking it a lot. The software leaves a lot to be desired, like the computer software, but the um, the way it flies, I'm I'm really liking it so far. So I'll probably mine's on back a, order. It's on my Gaoi X3 right now, but I think I'm gonna pull it out and put it in something more important, something bigger, something that I already know how it flies. And then I can compare it better on something bigger. But yeah, I'm, I I'm like five eighties. So I have a pair of five eighties. That's what uh 
that's what I used to do that with, which is great because they're both set up the same way. I just change one thing at a time. <laughs> You're distracting everyone. Get off the keyboard. Keyboard jockey. Hey, I'm going to keep my hands off my keyboard because it's too loud. So here, who here would even consider the Spirit Radio? I'm really interested to see. So you were talking about innovation, and you mentioned Spirit for like a half a millisecond, but you're a fanboy of VPAR. Sorry, I just got to call you out there. But uh, <laughs> the Spirit, I'm really interested. They've worked with Jetty before, and I'm super interested. bar minus the astronomical price um and that's it's just it's astronaut it's not a little bit higher it makes contronic look inexpensive for crying out loud so right um, before i right before i stopped flying jetty when i was still flying jetty in the demon axon i went and bought one of those spirit um fly borrows and i managed to brick it before i ever got it in the air well, as Keith said, that's the reason I didn't fly it before. I've, I've, this will be my fourth Spirit I've bought, and I've never kept with it, and it's just because of the interface. I'm so used to the brain, and I went through so many, I went through so many different versions of the brain, and we cleaned it up so much. And you can tell it's a real true engineer on the back end with Spirit because their software is, okay, this is three years removed, okay? Last time I was on their software, I was like, this is shit. And I mean, it does the functionality, but it's the order and the arrangement. And yeah. so you could tell it's an engineer on the back end building it. The GUI. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because there is no person on their team that says, hey, what's a more easy be easy user interface? And I'll get See, I tried, for this. I but. tried Spirit like two or three years ago and now, and the UI is not any different or better. It's It's usable, but... It leaves a lot to be desired. Well, I no plugged the battery in wrong and melted it. That was my no. thing. <laughs> they, they, they have a bolt just, they have reverse protection now. <laughs> not what I have. I know Brain <laughs> didn't used to have. I well, they saw in. what he did, and they, they added it after they saw what he did. Yeah. Had to bit. <laughs> hey, how many people on this podcast have blown up somebody else's Neo? Just me, huh? Just you. <laughs> Just you. Sorry, Just Ken. You. Sorry. Jeez. Apparently, the power doesn't go in that way. Yeah, don't plug that into power. <laughs> Wrong no. way. Oh, so, no. I'm I'm looking forward to trying the Evo Flybarless to see if I can even tell the difference between that and the new one when they come out. You know, I don't want to need like two helicopters identically set up to really make that comparison. Well, it's like what Keith said. Keith's gonna put his on a uh, thing he's comfortable with that he knows that's what i plan on doing pulling off put on the helicopter i fly the most to see if i can tell a difference you know so fair i give it a shot see i'm you just know. trying to encourage you to build two yeah i don't need you trying to get him to spend money aren't you You're i got trying enough to get him to spend money hanging on my wall you know, <laughs> I'm down a set of servos for a helicopter. So my big raw 800s hanging on the wall without servos. It's sad. <laughs> it looks sad. Are we I've only on got, raw 800? I've got, I've, I've got two electric, two nitro. So, well, I actually have a third nitro. It just doesn't have electronics. Yeah. I killed hey, my that... uh, switch glow on my, um, nitro. So. I guess that 800 that was out there, Keith, at RCHO. Did you get what did you think of that? Uh, you're talking about Alex's? I Alex don't remember Ferguson. the gentleman's name. I didn't Alex know if that was yeah. the same kit. Yeah. So, Greg is the one that, from my knowledge, yeah. you're the one that kind of started that role. Yeah. That, he's got a Size Matters Raw 800. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's, yeah, no, it looks pretty us. good. I think there's seven or eight of us flying one. See, he had it last year when i went but he was just just barely doing anything this year he was actually beating on it pretty good yeah seems to hold up so gregor flew that's mine good. yeah that's a good flying machine i liked it it's really nice does loops great huh gregor <laughs> yep does <laughs> loops really good <laughs> no that's good stuff no he was beating oh. on 800 i thought it was pretty good it almost looked like he was trying to show off how durable it was and then when I first, I had just gone from, what is the European event that just happened? 
uh, Rotor Live. Rotor Live. Rotor Live. So I was literally going, like I was in RCH, RC Heli Hangouts, and I saw a Rotor Live post, and then I saw that post of the 800, and he was going to town. And I'm like, oh, my God, they got SAB is finally going to build an 800. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was not a that was not Rotor Live. That was RCHO. <laughs> Still, good to see it out there. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I had all the guys that built an 800, one of the size matters raws. I had them all send me little pictures of them. So I did a little photo montage of all the guys that fly the big big raw. pictures? Big pictures. Yeah, you know, size matters. Yes. <laughs> nice. Do you have any new projects coming out, Keith, from what you do? Is there anything you can chat about? Or no, or um, I have so many projects going on. It's hard to keep track of what what's anywhere near done and what like uh, I don't know. I, nothing that I can think of right now, other than the Nimbus Nitro that I'm working on. I am working on. I just started trying to learn C programming so that I can make a fan controller for charge cases. Okay. Uh, like super configurable and all that. It'll be a while because I'm literally trying to learn the program right now. Uh, and so is this, are you doing all this while maintaining a regular job too? Yeah. I mean, I work for Free Sky. Um, that's my oh, day okay. job. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I do everything, you know, I'm busy a lot most of the time. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard trying to, when you have a regular job and then do this is so difficult <laughs> to try to, you know, keep going in this stuff, but you know, oh, buttons for punishment. Yeah. Oh Lord. So what's the next fun fire going to Keith? I'm hoping to go to spring fling, uh, over in Fredericksburg. So that'll April be another 27th and 30th. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that'll be a pretty good time, I think. That's where you know I hang out there at the field for a couple of days before I came back from RCHO and be going back there in like a month. Nice. If it works out. Very cool. And nice. Steve, what's your next fun fly you going to? Uh, Turlock. You know, I'd love to make that. And honestly, I can't. So I'm still gimping. Right, right. Uh, he, like, he's flaked the last few fun flies, you know. Uh, I think he's given up. <laughs> just slap him, Sivo. Trying to be politically ways, correct and, and be nice for the audience because I have so many things I can rip in on that one. But, uh, you know, I'd love to make Turlock. And honestly, so I'm, I don't know, I'll be two months in breaking the ankle and... I plan on going out to California. I mean, I've still got two helicopters to deliver to Ken, got some other stuff, and then I'm going to go hang out for a while. So if I could make it, I would totally try to do that. I love Turlock. I love those guys. Uh, Betancourt, both of them, they're phenomenal, phenomenal folks. And uh, so I would totally love to do Turlock, but it's not like you're going to show up anyway, Gregor. <laughs> Are you going to go? To Turlock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've already got the time put in at work and everything. The first thing I, I can think of is, uh, honestly, so Dwayne, the same guy that does this RC Heli events, June 8th and 11th, they've got the Midwest Heli Boys Full Pitch Fest. Uh, it's in Waverly, Nebraska. Really good time. Uh, June 8th and the 11th. Um, I'm definitely going to that one. Oh, um, yeah. I'll be there. So, well, there's a little bit of a thing, but I don't want to get into too much. Uh, but the local club here in St. Louis, they're all helicopter people who remain nameless. They've chosen to uh, put their fun fly on the exact same weekend, even though they're aware of the one going on in Nebraska. And they're like, well, you can't please everybody. So I won't mention them or uh, support them. <laughs> you guys have fun by yourselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what my next one is. What about you, Gregor? Uh, well, Turlock's my next one um and then after that i'd love to make you guys a little uh brisket cook-off man I, I would love to be able to make that but i'm not sure i'm gonna man that would be great to pack up the wife and daughter and head out there and cause some trouble but i don't know if i'm gonna do that but yeah 
looks like uh geez there's nothing but there's turlock what am i missing so if you're missing stuff on this we can add it to the list well no i yeah i'm I'm trying to think though after turlock i think it's just uh it goes uh out here i think it's there's nothing until that i that i go to until jeremy's and then or wait the chicken or the egg we got yours so we got yeah that's in september but and then um then greg's event yeah i gotta make that this year in november yeah i'm honestly thinking of this so i'm honestly thinking of skipping urcha this year um and going to triple tree so uh those guys out out there are phenomenal triple tree is a gorgeous area i've already got the trailer i can always just head out there I'm literally thinking about doing triple tree and then heading to mile high heli showdown on September 15th. So it's like two weeks later, I could stop back by home for a little bit. And then I thought about this other one called the central Valley heli fest in uh, Lincoln, California, October, what September 28th through the first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of, kind of what I was, I was thinking about making just a big round trip, but it, having the trailer really, I got a little six by 10, you know, and I work, I'm a remote guy, so. Yeah, I think that's going to be my I problem. might go full crazy there. By the time I hit Urcha, hit Triple Tree, hit uh, Central Valley, and then the rodeo, and then I plan on going to um, uh, the December Winter Bash, I fill up the back half of the year so hard that I probably need to stay home and do some chores the first half of the year. <laughs> it's been so long that's since awesome. I've flown, I've got to. I've got to figure that stuff out. You got to start practicing your nose in hover again, huh? That's yep. Nose in hover loops. I'm, I'm only at the, you know, tail end and I can get, I can do 45 degrees off each way. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, anything else we want to cover while we're all hanging out together? Chirp, chirp. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've talked enough. People are trying to hear from me. No, I think that all covers it. Keith, I really want to thank you for joining. Um, it's been great. And like I said, I'm going to have some links. Keith's got a cool YouTube channel. He covered the RCHO event uh, pretty pretty completely. He's got some awesome fire uh, video on there. And then, you know, he's got the KC3D and super helpful. We appreciate folks like you in the hobby. You and Gregor and greg and I, I think i'm the only one here that doesn't contribute i don't do anything <laughs> contributing to here you're, um, you're the behind just, the scenes contributor That's i'm right. just the talker <laughs> i like to talk so uh yeah but thanks for yeah. joining keith we really appreciate it and i think thanks. on that note it's oh sorry well that was just gonna say thanks for having me on sure appreciate you well i think Heck it's yeah. time to auto and auto here thanks everybody for joining us and sticking around until next time 